With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast. The NFL Road Show, fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Happy Christmas Eve or Merry Christmas, depending on when you're listening to this. Matthew Collar, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin, and a very happy holidays to you, Ms. Cronin. Well, thank you. Happy holidays to you. I hope you are surviving the blizzard. Yeah, um, it's terrible outside, and of course the dog doesn't know the difference, so she wants to go for a walk and is begging for that. And it's like, I don't know how to explain to her that with whipping winds and ice and snow, that's not like a great idea, that maybe she should just go in the backyard, but she's not really getting it. How come she doesn't just go, like, do her zoomies in the backyard and go, like, she loves the snow. Like, let her go play in that. That's the thing about greyhounds is, like, once you get them into a routine, they stick with that routine. And then if you don't do it, then they whine at you. And that's exactly what my greyhound does. So we let her out back sometimes to zoom around, um, but she gets full walks around the block a couple times a day. And if that's not happening, she doesn't understand the explanation for why so it'll be a lightning storm and it'll be like excuse me why aren't you taking me out because this is the time where we go so there's no there's no really breaking it down for her (laughs) that's okay um as long as i mean what did she do last year she sliced her foot open on something like in the winter time like as long as she doesn't do that that's straight right there are always little problems like she injured a toe (laughs) and we spent five hours at the vet the other day yeah she once fell on her rear and kind of split her skin open and we have stitches like 
just part of being a greyhound. It's either zero or a hundred. Um, but just like Mike Zimmer and the commitment to the run, there's not a whole lot you can do to change it. I have so, to say, I feel like there's a metaphor here. <laughs> a little bit. Um, except for there's no one as fast as her on the Vikings. Anyway, so um, here's what I want from you for this. Uh, I want from you the most interesting players of these final two games. I'm going to lump them together because I don't know what we're going to see week 17. If they're eliminated, does Sean Mannion play or Jake Browning or something to try and improve their draft status a little bit? I don't know if they would do that. Um, but week 17s, there's a reason why they're not in fantasy football because they, we don't know how to predict them. So this, I think, is the last opportunity for a lot of players to – leave a, a, an impression and say, I belong on this team for next season. So I'm going to start out um, not in that vein necessarily, but in terms of the most interesting players for the final two games with just Justin Jefferson. I mean, will he set rookie records and will they show anything that's more aggressive with Justin Jefferson in terms of getting him the ball, uh, you know, using him in, playmaking type of situations or anything like that in a situation where they have nothing to lose in new Orleans. You'd like to see it just once just to show that they know that this is something they're allowed to do. Yeah. I, um, I do wonder about that because like it or not take what you will from the little um, thing that we heard get picked up on the field mics the other day. Like, he's a competitor for sure. Like if you're not getting the ball, if you, you know, if it was a throw that you could have gotten, like if Kirk wouldn't have been getting drilled, whatever, like that was a sign of frustration, good or bad, legit reason, not legit reason, whatever that was, that was a legit, that was a a legitimate outburst. And it was, it was what it was. So I'm like, you know, you have to get him the ball. That's not just like an isolated thing. Like you have to be able to show that you're going to use this guy and you're going to use him well into the full, you know, breadth of his case capabilities here. Um, Cause he's in a run first offense. Like he's the limitations on a player like that are unfair. Um, and I think that I kind of like lump Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook together in this whole thing, because how much run is Dalvin Cook going to get if this – I mean, they've got a 4% chance to get the, to the playoffs, right? So there's still some hope. It's not a lot. But it's enough to where – I mean, at least for this team, they had no shot when they were 1-5. Nothing leads me to believe they're just going to mail it in here and, like, play backups the entire time for these final two games, especially, right. especially with it being, like, a national game and being on Christmas Day and the whole thing when they have an audience. Um, that's just not going to be the way that it pans out. So if they're going to pull back, though, on Dalvin Cook, that should lead you to believe that that Justin Jefferson's going to have a pretty decent game in, in terms of targets, maybe the targets coming to him earlier, finding ways to get him the ball, finding ways to, you know, get him in a position where you know going into next year, like, yeah, we can be run first, but we can also be a pass-heavy offense if we want to. Um because I feel like the only times that they are now are when they're forced into it because they're playing from behind. And even then they're still probably going to run the ball when they're down 10 points because that's just their MO. So, you know, you're seeing a very good Justin Jefferson right now, probably the best of any rookie receiver since Randy Moss, just in terms of what he's done this rookie year. I think it's what earns him offensive rookie of the year, because like when you think about, you know, where Justin Herbert is now, like he broke, he tied Baker Mayfield's record for most touchdown passes as a rookie. That was two years old. Like 
what Justin Jefferson's done is a 20, he's broken a 22 year record and he's probably going to break another one and with his next 132 receiving yards. So um, I'd like to believe that the Vikings, not that they're going to like listen to what everybody's saying, even though it would make sense, but you know, stop letting your identity politics rule what you do because you have a very, two very good receivers. And the fact that like they were criminally under targeted, especially Adam Thielen last week, um, now you have a chance at least to right the ship a little bit there and Jefferson being, you know, the crux of that. What's really interesting to me is just that they've played behind in a lot of games, which usually means that you're throwing a ton. And the last time they played behind in a lot of games, we saw Kirk Cousins clear 600 pass attempts, which is not necessarily ideal because that means you're playing behind in a lot of games in 2018. But right now, Kirk Cousins is 17th in total pass attempts, and he's behind Carson Wentz, who was benched two weeks ago. <laughs> and and uh, he's just barely ahead of Joe Burrow, who's been injured for weeks. And, you know, so you have other quarterbacks uh, who are throwing just so much more than him that have also played from behind. Like Matt Ryan has been losing in a lot of games. He has 547 attempts, whereas Kirk Cousins has 435. So it's not just entirely about um, Justin Jefferson or Delvin Cook or the exact number of targets that Jefferson or Thielen gets. It's even just like the percentage of total offensive plays in which they are a part of those plays. So if Jefferson has, you know, 99 targets at this point and Delvin Cook has 300 runs, like three times as much Delvin Cook as Justin Jefferson is not the ratio that you're necessarily looking for. Um, Even if, you know, of course, you're splitting the target share with Adam Thielen and a couple of other receivers, uh, you're, you're not even maximizing the number of pass attempts you can have. So if they were winning in a lot of these games, how many attempts would Cousins have? I mean, he would he would probably mm-hmm. be at the bottom of the league in attempts. It would be like Case Keenum was throwing, you know, 10 passes a half in 2017 if they were a winning team. So if, you, if you're going to use Kirk Cousins like Case Keenum, then I guess sign Case Keenum then. Like, don't sign the most expensive quarterback. And if you have a receiver who's a complete game breaker, um, throw the ball 130 times by now, like DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or any of the other receivers. There are other receivers on run first offenses who are also getting the ball 130, 140 times by now. And, you know, Jefferson is not one of them. And by the way, like Stefan Diggs is splitting the target share with Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley has 97 targets, but Diggs has 143. Sure. Like I, I, no one says bench Delvin cook, trade Delvin cook. He's awful or anything. No one says that like, he's great and you want him and he'll help you win. But when your offense is three times as much or even 33% more one player than your other two stars, that to me just says you've done this wrong. And, and it's hard to not obsess over it. I feel like that's what we're doing. But and yet it just it is so not the way they should be going with these players that it's hard not to get stuck on that every time we talk about it. Well, it's just so stubborn because you know that there's another way to do it. Like, it's not that, oh, well, we can't throw the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen because they're getting taken away every single play. That's just a sorry excuse. Like, sure, some plays are going to draw more attention from defenders than others, but it's not like that for 60 snaps a game. I don't want to hear that. Like, that's just not accurate. Um, So, you know, I think there's ways to do it. I think they're just so stuck within their philosophy of this is how we're going to do it, you know, 
that's why I think that there's kind of a cap on this team because they haven't shown you that they can truly adapt to the personnel that's outside of their philosophy, right? So Justin Jefferson of making him the focal piece of your offense when you just paid Dalvin Cook. Like, there's a lot of money tied up in, I think, the decisions of why they do what they do offensively. But that doesn't mean that you can't get other guys involved at a rate that is consistent with how often you're getting Dalvin Cook involved. I don't think that it has to be the same from game to game. They're a run-heavy team, sure, but you don't have to be that every single game. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that they continue to force that identity when there have been games where they shouldn't be, you know, doing that. They shouldn't be in that position to run the ball, and, and they aren't, yet they're still doing it. And, um, you know, against a team like Chicago, I felt like, you know, when when you're – checking down to, you know, the fourth and one play to Tyler Conklin. And that's in, in even like the fourth and one with Dalvin Cook, where in the second ha- in the second quarter, where Mike Zimmer brought the offense back out into the field, and they run him right up the gut. Like, why aren't you throwing a short pass to Justin Jefferson? Why aren't you trying to do something to get your other two stars involved? That's the part that's a little maddening because I feel like there's options for it. I just don't want to believe the excuse of, oh, well, they were taken away. We couldn't because it's it's just not the case all the time. Adam Thielen plus Justin Jefferson is in total targets. I mean, so we could just put it as plays that went their way. I think Jefferson might have had one run. So plays that went their way, 192 so far this year. Delvin Cook, plays that went his way, 349. You are – you. So 350 to 200. So I mean, that mm-hmm. just does not add Between up. Between two players, yeah. When you have two of the best 10 receivers in the NFL, it just doesn't add up. So um, anyway, we, we could try to move past that with who's first on your list to watch against New Orleans, because mine is Jefferson, of course, and, and to see also how close he gets to these rookie records. But how about you? Well, I'd say Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are kind of my like 1A, 1B, because I, I am curious then about like what the Vikings are going to do with Dalvin Cook here down the stretch so that naturally leads me to like my next most important player that I'm looking for to, to watch would be Alexander Madison because you know we've heard um, and obviously he's been on the injury report last few weeks like he you know had appendicitis like he's clearly recovering from that I, I'm even shocked that you know, at this point that he was able to play um, and, you know be active and all things like that considering how dangerous you know you think an injury like that is but um you know this is their chance now to save Dalvin Cook for next season to be able to spell him some more um and you know if they can play Alexander Madison then great that's what I'll be watching but if they can't then who's going to back up Dalvin Cook are you going to have to run him as much as you did because Madison has a concussion so it's like can you get cleared in time that's what I'm a little worried about but if he can like just because that feels like the most natural, like the logical, like, um, you know, progression there would be what can he do in place of Dalvin Cook, assuming, you know, if he can play. Yeah. So, I mean, at this moment, as we record this two straight days of not practicing, I'm not confident he plays, but I think if you add and friends, I think Alexander Madison and sure, friends and, friend. and how often they play, but I, th- I just think that they, again, are, like you said, so committed to, their way of thinking about how they do this, that no matter how much we yell into the void, it never seems to get there with with them and change anything that they want to do. So you said it was 4%. There are other 
websites that have 2%, you know, uh, in terms of the Vikings playoff chances, but they're going to look at that as, well, if we're still alive and we're not eliminated, then hey, Delvin, strap him up and go run there. But, I mean, he's at 297 carries and has missed the game. I mean, we are talking about close to like a historic number of attempts per game when Mm -hmm. uh, you factor in the era. I mean, that this is not, you know, 2001 where they used to hand it to Sean Alexander and LaDainian Tomlinson every single play. Um, That the fact that he's getting the ball this much is a a pretty serious concern for next year. I mean, he can say all he wants uh, to try to speak into existence that this won't happen to him in terms of the slowdown and in terms of, you know, having uh, this workload eventually hurt him. But, I mean, history just goes the other way. And and look, I mean, he could say uh, Todd Gurley's different than me. Devontae Freeman's different than me. I mean, you could say that all you want. You could believe that all you want. You could think that you are Superman and your body will just heal right up as soon as you get off the field. But you're playing against the odds here. And I think they've already gone past the level of, like, red being concerning. But are you going to run Delvin Cook 35 times against New Orleans and just, like – blow up the meter I mean it's just I I mean I don't know like maybe we've already gone too far and you might as well just use them these last two games but I tend to think that um, resting him is a is a better way to go about it if you're thinking that you're going to have high expectations for next year no I'm with you I mean and I've been you know pounding my fist on the table about that all season long and I wrote something about it last week and you know, where he's at on pace to to finish with 380 touches um, you know getting close to that 400 mark like there's a natural drop off most times. Like, you know, I know that Eric Dickerson and, um, you know, Adrian Peterson, and there's a couple others, like they, they never had the drop off after, you know, the big injuries and all of that. Like they've still remained a machine in spite of what's happened to them. Well, that's great and everything. That's just not reality for everybody. So yeah, we do have a small ish sample size of Dalvin cook being this is his fourth year, but like, I'm just trying to look at it logically and think if you put all this wear and tear on him when it doesn't matter, you're fighting for a seventh seed that you really have no chance to get at this point. What are you doing it for? Like you just pay this guy, like, you know, what's your return on investment for tech that like, it doesn't make a whole ton of sense to grind him into a fine dust this season <laughs> right. when it's just not worth it. It's not going to help you win a Super Bowl this year. So uh, the last six games for Delvin, after he averaged six yards a carry through the first seven games that he played, he is at 4.09 yards per carry. So he is at essentially a league average or a little bit below Mm -hmm. in terms of yards per carry since he had all that crazy usage at the beginning of the year. And you mentioned Adrian Peterson. That's an example that gets brought up a lot. And the thing that I think of is, Okay, so in 2012, Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000-plus yards, one of the greatest seasons by a running back in NFL history. The next year, he runs for 1,200 yards. He has a couple of games where he's out. His yards per carry drops by 1.5. His yards per game drops by 4T per game. His yards from scrimmage drops by 900. Like, this is the indestructible Adrian Peterson, Mm -hmm. and yet – the two, the last, in fact, every time he led the league in rushing yards, he went from 1,700 in 08 to 1,300 the next year. 
2,000 to 1,300. And in 2015, from 1,500 to the next year, getting hurt and running for 72 yards. I mean, so even when we're talking about the, the Superman at the running back position, it still has had an impact when he's led the league in rushing. And that's why you don't see it very often from a guy from year to year to year. So another thing that's sort of been belaboring the point about it, but even the history when it comes to the greats has been a little bit problematic with this. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm just going to move on to my next player here. I think that Cameron Dantzler is really interesting for this game because he's been terrific. He's also faced Mitch Trubisky, Mike Glennon. Uh, Teddy was not great in the game they played against Carolina. It hasn't exactly been a murderer's row of quarterbacks and Nick Foles. Uh, no, actually he didn't play Nick Foles. Um, so, but you know, since then, it hasn't been the, the best quarterbacks. And so now you face Drew Brees. Uh, maybe his lungs are back to being uncollapsed, and they have some weapons, even if it's not Michael Thomas. I think it's a really good test this week, and then assuming that Matt Stafford and Marvin Jones are going to play, and next week to see, okay, where does he really stand? I mean, is he an emerging star, or was it kind of, hey, Mitch Trubisky shouldn't have thrown that ball? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be probably a little bit of both. I mean, he's been really good these last two weeks, and I think that that's a nice way to kind of wrap up the season if you're Mike Zimmer um, and these defensive coaches to know, hey, our strategy worked. Like, whatever we did to tweak things, whatever we did to make it easier so these young corners can come along when you're having, you know, all these injuries and guys getting signed off the street, like, every single week and having to, like, work through that. Um you know, if Dantzler has a good couple games here to finish out the stretch, uh, you know, against New Orleans and the Lions, and you're confident with that, you've, you know, it's going to affect what you do in the draft because they need to draft another corner. It's very obvious. Who knows what Mike Hughes is going to do beyond the season? They're definitely not picking up his fifth-year option. There's no re- reason. There's no reason to. But you want to go. I'll, I'll even throw Jeff Gladney in the mix there. You want to be confident that the picks that you made this year are going to allow you to not have to start over at ground zero again next year in the secondary, because there's inevitably going to be some changes. Like, I don't know what Anthony Harris is like, you know, I don't think he's going to be here next year uh, at all. So you're going to have a new safety probably opposite Harrison Smith is going into the final year of his contract, like shore up the cornerback position. Know that you're know that you have, you know, if Jeff Gladney's going to be your nickel, keep him there. If if Cameron Dancer's going to be one of your outside corners, great. Go draft another outside corner and then, then have the unit be complete and not this revolving door that it has been. So, you know, I like to look at Dantzler the last few games, ever really since, what was it, week 11, um, when he returned because he had mm-hmm. the major concussion um, and he had the rib injury early. Can he stay healthy? Uh, that's a big thing because he's, you know, we don't want to see him get a third injury and then they're kind of have all these what ifs, but you know, this is a really good quarterback. It's probably the best quarterback he's faced since the very brief quarter he had against Aaron Rodgers in week eight. Um, Let's see some improvement against, you know, let's see if you can carry that improvement that you've, you mustered up against some bad quarterbacks against somebody who, you know, is, is struggling right now. He's coming off injury and all of that, but you know, still one of the most accurate quarterbacks of this generation and, and a pretty good one at that. 
Got a great holiday deal to tell you about from Soda Stick. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER15, you can get 15% off your purchases during this holiday season when you buy two items or more. Go to SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. So many great designs, especially the holiday sweaters. Make sure you check out the Let It Skull design. All their apparel is screen print here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. That's SodaStick.com, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER15 for 15% off anytime you purchase at least two items this holiday season. Right, and when you go through the game-to-game coverage grades from Pro Football Focus, and I don't mean to get too much in the weeds here, but it really shows you how there's like small samples and one game can really jack up your numbers as a corner and why it's hard to predict from year to year. So he comes back against Dallas. His coverage grade is a 63, which is average. Carolina, 58. Okay, that's like a round average. Jacksonville, 92, because yeah. he picks off Mike Glennon and makes a great play. Um, and then he had, he had a really good play uh, causing a fumble as well. Tampa Bay, 47, and then Chicago, 91, because he jumped. He was only targeted five times, and he jumped in front of one of them and picked him off. And so it's like, am I convinced that he has talent and that he's an NFL player? Yes, for sure. He's shown that. Um, I want to be further convinced that he is like a pillar of what they're going to have for a long time. Uh, same with Jeff Gladney, who I think has played decently um, you know, down the stretch here, but you want to see, okay, you know, where is this going to go? And I think that this is a good test. So uh, whom yeah. is your next player on your list? Probably Eric Wilson. Um, you know, Kendricks is still dealing with the calf injury. I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, want to shut him down at this point. Like I, I think with some of your guys, like a Dalvin cook, um, and certainly there were a lot of people on the injury report. The final one comes out Thursday, but um, you have a lot of linebackers on there right now outside of Kendricks who still has that calf injury. Todd Davis didn't practice. Troy Dye didn't practice. Um, so they, they're going to be in the weeds there, like digging to try to find some depth. Uh, it's a good moment for Eric Wilson to be able to shine yet again, kind of like he did you know, against that Tampa Bay game, that was a big test for him because he's going to make money somewhere next year. I don't think it'll be in Minnesota because I don't think they're first off, they're not going to pay three cornerbacks. They can't afford it. They already have Anthony Barr on the hook unless they can somehow restructure and do him like Eric Kendricks and keep kicking that down the line. Then Mm -hmm. I don't know, but um, it's a big game for Eric Kendricks. And I think when you have someone like Alvin Kamara and, and excuse me, big game for Eric Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you have someone like Alvin Kamara in that offense and just how, how much they rely on him running back screens, the whole thing. And, you know, some of the knocks that we've heard um, are just really seen with our own two eyes against Wilson with Wilson against the run. Cause he is a little undersized and, you know, there is a big drop off between Anthony Barr and Eric Wilson. I think the whole notion that you can just plug and play and it, you replace place would be difficult if you want to go that direction that's one thing but you're not replacing Anthony Barr with Eric Wilson you're going a different direction um this would be a good opportunity you know if he has a good game against Kamara then I think we're talking maybe in a different light about this and what potentially that could be but you know nonetheless if he wants to go get a Blake Martinez style payday here in in a couple months if it's with another team this is the type of game to do it when there's nothing else on until NBA and everybody's going to be watching you um on Christmas Day. I think that um, 
linebackers like Eric Wilson are kind of like running backs where they are greatly impacted about what's uh, by what's going on in front of them. And watching the tape last week, I thought, I don't know how Eric Wilson's supposed to stop anybody in the run game when the guard gets to the second level as easily as he does. And we just saw that over and over with the defensive tackles um, getting double team blocked. And then all of a sudden it's six yards down the field when the guard is, is taking care of Eric Wilson. And he's not huge enough like Anthony Barr to take on a lot of those blocks and just throw the guy to the side that's he's not that big but I think that if they did decide and I'd be very surprised like you said if they did but if they did decide we're actually going to keep Wilson over Anthony Barr um, part of the case for it would be you're getting a real nose tackle coming back in Michael Pierce and he could play better against the run which I think he's capable of if I'm another team though I love the idea of Eric Wilson because he's a playmaker. He can catch the ball. He can cover. He can make plays. Um, you know, he's fast and he's smart. And I, I think that he's made a really good impression so far. I totally agree with you. Against Alvin Kamara, huge test, especially when you know that Drew mm-hmm. Brees is not throwing at 50 yards down the field. Not going to happen. So definitely a big game for him. But I would be surprised and I mean, you kind of already laid it out, but give me uh, just real quick a percentage chance that it's Wilson or uh, instead of Barr that we're seeing next season. Oh, man, I'm going to put it at a low, maybe like a 20% chance right now because yeah. just financially, Barr has the third highest cap hit next year, so they're going to probably have to bring that down somehow and restructure. But, you know, what's his trade market? Coming off a torn pectoral muscle, like if you want, if you really want to keep Eric Wilson – like, you got to probably move on from Anthony Barr. And, and how are you going to do that? Like, you know, you can't cut him really without like a severe penalty. I mean, yeah, you have like, what is it, seven or eight million in, in cap savings, yeah, but you'd also have a ton of dead cap. So it's like seven and seven. Um, not good. So what I would probably do is like, if you can find somewhere to trade Anthony Barr, you'd look into it. But they're going to, it's a hard question they're going to have to ask themselves come. February, you know, even before that with the off season starting soon. Um, it's weird that we're already talking about potentially with like free agency. I feel like it just kind of happened, um, yeah. even though it was obviously yeah. nine months ago. Um, you know, so yeah, we're, uh, I don't put it in a very high percentage chance. Right. That contract is just very hard to move unless somebody believed that he was the final piece to their defense and they had tons of cap space and with, the cap might not go down as much as we initially thought, but still, if it's going down even a little, um, that means it's not going up like it normally would to create more space for you. Uh, the next guy on my list is Ezra Cleveland. I think Ezra Cleveland has gotten his tail whooped recently. Yeah, and... we haven't been blaming him, but the interior is not just a Dakota Dozier problem. And the reason that I wouldn't blame him necessarily is because he's playing out of position. And so there are going to be ups and downs. Um, the, you know, the couple of times he's played against Chicago, it didn't go super well, did not go well at all in his pass protection against Tampa Bay. I watch him closely on the film and I really like some things that he's able to do, uh, especially in the run game where he just explodes and he's very, very fast and quick to linebackers and all those things. But Uh, this is going to be a really tough test. I mean, this is a violent defensive line in new Orleans, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And you're still talking about a guy learning the position. I want to see where he's at on the whole with the big sample at the end as a guard. And then I'll be very curious to see if this is where they want him to stay or if there's ultimately going to be a change back to tackle there. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's huge. I don't I don't see how you can draft a guy like that and at the position. Like he he did not come here thinking he was going to play guard. Um and and move him out of position and be like, "Well, we're going to go ahead and draft a left tackle next year because we like Ezra Cleveland at right guard." I just can't see how like the player would be happy with that. Like to me, in in our interactions talking with him and and what we've heard from him about you know this experiment and learning and sure it's a learning experiment but he didn't come here to play guard he came I mean let's just be real that affects your career earnings like if you came into the league to be a left tackle which is one of the most you know lucrative positions if you're really good at it uh, in the NFL that's gonna you know Money is like you know playing in in the love of the game and all that stuff aside. Money talks. That's an important thing. So um, I I think that that's part of it too. And it, you know probably there'll be some pushback there if he you know is looking long term with this. But you know I I am curious like if he is that good in their eyes, will they have some sort of discussion or at least like some sort of belief that they can you know, keep him there long-term. I don't see it. I think that this is just a temporary thing and they probably sold him on like, Hey, we're injured right now. Our other options aren't great. We need you here. And it's a good chance for you to get on the field. Like to me, it feels like there should only be two more games of this and then they can move on and move I, back where he goes. I totally agree. I mean, this is a guy you drafted as left tackle. I mean, you, you did not draft him as a guard. And if you no. did, then what, why'd you do that in the, in the second round? I mean, that was a, you know, you had lots of positions that you needed and guard. I know they've struggled with that severely, but if you're taking a guy and then moving him out of position and hoping that that just works and you snap your fingers, your odds aren't super low. Some guys do go from tackle to being very good NFL guards. Um, but the value wouldn't really necessarily be there in my mind. I think that you draft him to be a left tackle. And if it turns out that it was a good experience for him and he learned a new position and, you know, got to play against NFL players, then great. Then, okay, that's no problem. Uh, I don't think it's going to ruin him for life if he had to play on the right side of guard for a year and then move over to left tackle with regular, presumably, OTAs, mini camps, all those things that he'll have to work on it if that's the way they go. If they stick with him here after this, then I think I'll be a little confused. Like, you never tried it. You never just wanted yeah, to yeah. even see. Like, I mean, maybe they didn't practice, but they didn't in camp. And then he's just been a guard the whole way. So I'll be, I'll be confused by that. Who is uh, next on your list? Hi, DJ Wanham. Um, really, I think the ro- a lot of the rookies here, because they're going to have to overhaul that defensive line. It's not mm-hmm. good. The fact that Unique Ngakwe is probably going to finish as the team's, league le- team's leader in sacks. Um, and he hasn't been here since week six, that's a problem. They can't pressure the quarterback. They can't stop the run. A lot of that has to do with the play on the interior. So to me, the focus is probably going to be on a high-priced defensive tackle in free agency or in the draft, which leads me to wonder, okay, is DJ Wan on the type of guy that you think you can actually get some good production out of on the edge next year? I mean, he's made strides. Like, you know, it hasn't been, you know – monumental this year but by by no means has he been the problem with that defensive line he's a rookie learning how to play this 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 spot so um you know they the way that I look at it they've got um some big decisions to make with how they're going to spend those that first and those two third rounders because they don't have a second rounder at the moment um how that's going to play out so if DJ Wanham can maybe occupy one of those edge roles. I, I don't, you know, think that maybe you have to spend 
as much draft capital on addressing that position because, you know, Afadio Denebo is hurt right now. So, like, and he was limited. He had an ankle injury. He's been, you know, he got hurt in this game. He was hurt in, er, hurt in the last game. He was hurt in another game. How much does he play? Like, how much can DJ Wanham do? That's going to be an important thing, I think, going forward to figure out, like, how are you going to spend that draft capital and on which position on the defensive line comes first. The only thing I think about with that, um, with DJ Wanham is, and you have used this reference before, and uh, so I'm stealing it from you, is the mean girls. Like, are you guys, like, stop trying to make, what is it? What What is this? Stop trying fetch. to make, stop trying to make fetch. fetch happen. Okay, well, it's like, are we next year going to be saying stop trying to make DJ Wanham happen? I mean, because, look, he's been okay. He's been all right. He's looked like yeah, he can play maybe in the NFL, but they've talked as if it's like he's been one of the like grand successes of the draft. Wow, we just love DJ Wanham. I look at him as maybe a Stephen Weatherly type where he can play and he can be a rotational rusher at some point, but I haven't watched DJ Wanham and or looked at any stats from him that would suggest wow, you've got something here. This guy's in the backfield constantly. Like, they don't pressure anybody. Nobody on the defensive line pressures anybody ever. And so, yeah, it'll be really interesting. I got a great question on Twitter about this, about, like, would you rather try to develop some of these guys through the third and fourth round and see if you hit another Daniil Hunter or something, or would you rather spend in free agency, or would you rather try to draft one in the top? And the answer is... I think probably yes. <laughs> like it's I mean if you really want to rebuild the D line and you feel like that's the the thing that has to be great, the answer is you probably have to draft them, draft them late too and sign guys in free agency and there's only, you know, so much draft capital and so much money to go around. Yeah, they don't have a lot of that next year, which is you know, are they going to be in the exact same spot that they were in a year ago with just, like, not a lot of flexibility to do much in free agency? Probably. Um, they they won't have nearly as many departures uh, on one side of the ball like they did on defense last year, so it probably won't look as glaring. But they've got to figure out safety. They've got to figure out the defensive line. They've got to figure out, okay, are we going after a veteran corner? Are we going to draft another one, knowing, like, how long that process took? Like, they've got a lot still. It's like a two to three year process, I think, with the rebuild on the defensive side that you've got to plan out what you want to do with your money that you have and the draft capital. All right. Um, was that was that was was that your pick? That was your pick. Yeah, I, I did want them. So I'll give you I'll give you my last one, which is, well, let's find out his middle name so we can be proper. Oh, about gosh. This. You know, let's uh, let's figure it out here. Just give me a second to pull up his Wikipedia page and then we'll we'll make it official here. Uh, oh, he doesn't have a middle name, or at least it's not listed on Wikipedia. Just Dan Bailey. Come on. Does he not have a middle name? That would be crazy. I mean, does, I think that your name. obsession with like, the middle names and finding them on Wikipedia or on their, like, pro football reference page. He has um, no middle name. I have wait, to ask me... him if he has no middle name. Okay, let's, like, find him and see if he's on. On, um, pro, on pro, football pro football reference, there's no middle name. It's just Dan Bailey. Do they not have a nickname for him? I always love the nicknames they have in there. I'm like, who calls them this? The like, uh, Mitch Mitch Trubisky being Mr. Biscuits was a little confusing to me. Yeah, there's um, no um, there's no middle name here. Uh, that's kind of disappointing, actually. Now I'm sad. Wow. Um, just I'm gonna see if like does he? I think he has an Instagram here. No, that's some other really jacked Dan Bailey. Uh, okay, well, 
Dan yeah. Jameson Bailey. I'm watching you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just got a three-year contract extension. Like, that's the crazy part. Like, I'm honestly, coming out of last week, nobody talked about what was going on with the Vikings kicking game because it was more, you know, there's a bigger storyline there of, shoot, they're out of the playoffs. Like, they fought so hard, and now the number seven seed is even further out of reach. Dan Bailey didn't miss a kick last week. I mean, Mike Zimmer made the right call by not cutting him, which we all knew was going to happen. Um, just based on COVID protocols and everything else, but it was the right decision. The guy was in a funk, and you can't just be knee-jerk reactioning to everything with kickers because you're never going to be in a good spot if you don't let the guys, you know, work through some of these faults. And, yeah, it does stink because it compl- it played into their, um, obviously them losing the the game against Tampa Bay, you know, how poorly he played against Jacksonville, things like that. But – you know, to know that, okay, we're not going to have another kicking competition in camp. Like, you know, at least you wouldn't think like he's got a three-year extension. Britton Colquitt has a three-year extension. These guys should be your punter and kicker for, for the long haul here because you clearly trusted them enough to pay them that much initially. Let them work through their kinks. It clearly was a rough patch. Hope it was just a rough patch at most. Searching Dan Bailey middle name. And it says his name is just Dan Bailey. Like there is, there I, is. I bet he has a middle name. I bet he just doesn't want people like us searching for it. He probably so, like scrubbed the, he probably scrubbed the internet and like said like, I don't want my middle name out there. I like, think so. Oh, you think it might be something really funny? Like Dan. No, I think it's probably something like John or something boring like Jim, but he just doesn't why want would us you to know. Want it out there. Because it's a, because it's a boring name. And he's like, I'm not a boring person. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, he is kind of a boring person, like not in a bad way. I mean, he's analytical and stuff, but he's not like hilarious or anything. Um, or like a great singer, like Justin Tucker. I don't know if you knew that he's a amazing singer. That's not a joke. I did not it? know that. Is so, he on the mask singer? Uh, no, he never has been, but maybe he should be actually, I have no idea if he ever has been cause I've never watched <laughs> the show. Uh, so good luck, Dan, Wichita, Bailey, and we'll see how it goes for you. <laughs> Who is, who's your last player? Well, honestly, it's probably going to be Kirk Cousins, and I know that that's a stupid, like, he's not going anywhere type thing, but the more I've been thinking about this lately um, and wondering what they're going to do with drafting a quarterback, do they do it at all? Like, and, and don't give me one of these throwaway six, seventh rounders that end up on your practice squad. Like, if you're going to draft a quarterback, do it with one of your first two-day picks because – We know Kirk's the quarterback next year. No question about that whatsoever Um, because of the cap hit, because you're guaranteeing him his 2022 salary on the third day of the league year. There's just no way. It's not an option. It's a a thing that you have to do if you want him on your roster next year. But what about beyond that? Why can't you start building now? Yes, we're past the point of tank for Trevor, fail for Fields, um, anything else. But what about those mid-tier quarterbacks that are going to be there in the late second, third round? is that something that you would potentially think to do a move that you want to make because you're building out for 2022 and beyond um, getting somebody in. So if you, if you don't want to put yourself in salary cap hell, if you want to eventually move on from Kirk Cousins and not play the song and dance with financials um, and you probably start, you have to probably start thinking about that now. So that's where I'm at with that. I, I think that, you know, he could play great. He could play bad. I don't, it's not going to affect him being started in 2021, but like, where are you going with this position? Because it kind of right. remained a mystery, you know, all this time. And I'm curious to be 
thinking about like, all right, when I'm starting my own mock drafts, what are we hearing? You know, it's almost draft season, so I need to start thinking about that. I do wonder what they think. And by they, I mean any of them, like Zimmer, Spielman, Ziggy. Like, what what, what do they think when they look at the accumulation of Kirk Cousins' time in Minnesota and go, eh, you know? I mean, like, what like what That's is That's honestly the, probably the reaction. Right? I mean, is that it? Like, well – like it's, I mean, the, the, the number one response that I think that they would have would be like, well, it wasn't all his fault, which is like going to go on the Kirk Cousins gravestone of his time in Minnesota. It wasn't all his fault. It wasn't his um, fault. Yeah. I'll just give you a, I don't know if you have any sense for how everyone feels about this, but I just like was thinking about it when they're more or less officially eliminated from the playoffs, you get no playoffs, sixth seed, no playoffs. And that's the era so far. That's not what you were looking for. No, not at all. Um, But they, you know, there was no track record to go off of that pointed to this is going to be better than that. Right. They, 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 They can't, they can lead you to believe that maybe they thought it would be different, but like historically speaking and realistically speaking, there was nothing that showed you, yeah, there's a, there's this body of work going. He can get us into the playoffs. We can be, you know, the team that sits out in the first weekend because we get a bye. Like, that's just not the way that this worked out for them. Um, and I'm not surprised that it hasn't worked out for them because that's exactly what you, at least most people would have expected when you signed him. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, you had three years in Washington, and it was, you know, make the playoffs barely, miss the playoffs, and miss the playoffs. And you're kind of looking at the same thing. So, of course, all of that, again, is not his fault, and he's got some really nice numbers, but – 
you know, that's the accumulation of his career is a couple of, you know, sixth seed type of type of things. So um, anyway, I want you to, before we wrap up here, we have to have a pie chart and sort of a okay. little, little game. So here's the pie chart for today is uh, I want you to tell me chances of things involving Mike Zimmer happening. All right. So the first thing right. is uh, with Mike Zimmer, that he is fired percentage chance that they get to the end of the season and say, or traded. And they say, you know what, Mike, the Cincinnati Bengals have a head coach who no one's ever heard of and is terrible and they want you. And I guess his name's Zach or whatever. So he's fired and we're going to trade you to Cincinnati for a second round draft pick. Okay. So that could be that those go in the same, the same category or just get out. So that's one. Number two is that he ends up on some sort of graphic on your station or on NFL Network or CBS or whatever, anybody's, that says, on the hot seat, as we go through the offseason and into, you know, the Black Monday type of thing and all that. Um, The third option is that he... Uh, has no discussion whatsoever amongst anyone. No Jason Lacanfora is reporting. None of that stuff. Nothing about his job status. It's not even addressed. And when we talk to Rick Spielman, he cackles at us about asking how they feel about Zimmer. So that's the third option. Uh, And the fourth option is that Zimmer uh, flips us all the bird and retires and gets on a motorcycle and rides into the sunset. I mean, he's going to, at the end, when he does walk away, he gives us the double bird, right? Yeah, probably. Um, I Very can't see him getting on a motor. I can't see him getting on a motorcycle. Okay, like um, ATV. That, ATV. His uh, his uh, what's it called? Polaris Ranger thing. His little like um, mobile that, that he uses at the ranch. Sure. That counts. Um, it's just like driving a golf, like a high powered golf cart. Like that's not really like a cool way to go out in the sunset. He'll be in his truck with the mud flaps. Okay, so if you are like shooting a gun in the air and flipping off the media on your way out on an ATV, is it, what do we give it for like a cool? Like maybe like a six out of ten? Yeah, probably. If you do, if you pop a wheelie on it, sunglasses gives it. Yeah, M M frames, wheelie. Like you've got all these things. Okay, um, I'll stop. So all right, so. <laughs> These are these are some tough ones. Um, I am going to try not to make this confusing. Forty percent. Put that at twenty. Um, put this at thirty. So seventy, eighty, ninety, ten. All right, I got it. Okay. So go ahead. Fired, <laughs> fired slash traded, twenty percent because hmm. the extension hasn't even kicked in yet. It's, I mean, unless it's a monumental collapse here down the stretch where they're close in games and they blow it, or if they get completely blown out, like you've got to figure out where ownership is with this and realizing that they haven't even started paying him, which, you know, Albert Rear reported it's an $8 million a year extension. That's a ton. So like, I wouldn't want to throw that money out the window. So I really honestly think he's safe, but I'll give you, you know, traded would be one thing that just doesn't happen all that often. Last year was the first time we'd actually heard that being a thing. So Never say never. Uh, I know that Jerry Jones said that he's not going to fire Mike McCarthy, or at least, like, you know, was kind of, like, poo-pooing the notion that, like, that's going to happen. So they always never do, say right, never, but, yeah. Um, so 20% there. The hot seat graphic, 40%, because, you know, the extension's kicking in. You've got all this talent. You have a Justin Jefferson. You have an Adam Thielen. You have an expensive quarterback. You also paid Dalvin Cook. Get it done. 
Um, And and this was kind of the one year that was supposed to be the figure it out as you go. If you win, it's gravy. If you don't, whatever, move on to next year. So so stakes are certainly going to be higher in 2021. So 40%. No discussion about job status whatsoever, 30. I think there's other coaches. I mean, there's so many openings this year. Uh, There's already five, five head coach openings. What, Texans, Detroit. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta. Uh, I mean, well, Jacksonville for all intents. Jacksonville sure is going to happen. Um, I mean, there's a lot. There's like you know potentially Chicago, depending upon what happens there. The Chargers um, could be obviously Anthony the, on the Jets, Anthony Lynn, and the and the Chargers. Yeah, the whole thing. So there are too many other coach openings for for Mike Zimmer to find his way into the mix there. So I think it'll be pretty quiet. Um, and if he retires, I give him a ten percent chance. Um, I, I can't see him. I mean, the rumors about him retiring in 2018 really irked him yeah, um, yep. when that came out right after the Bears game. I don't think unless he is truly serious, he's going to retire. It's, you're never going to hear about, like, the stuff floating around of is he going to, you know, potentially do it. Like, he's either doing it or he's not. Like, there will not be any gray area there. So I put that at 10%. Okay. I I mean, I think you're, you're on the money uh, that it's almost hard when you miss the playoffs and you've been around for a long time to not have people discuss your job status at all. So like, that's going to happen. I think, or at least I would put the highest odds on that. Like you did. I would be really surprised if they decided to trade him though. I don't think it's a bad idea because if you're some of these other teams that haven't won in a Mm -hmm. while and you need like what he did for this franchise in turning them around from where they were is monumental to what they have become as a team that we constantly put right up there with the Packers for competing with the NFC North. I know we didn't win a Super Bowl and that's all people care about, but taking your franchise from like the Minnesota who cares to, Hey, every year people are picking the Vikings to win the division. That's Mike Zimmer. And that's what other teams want. It's what other teams need. Uh, like the Jets or like the the Bengals or uh, Atlanta or a number of other teams. So I like the idea um, from a philosophical standpoint. I don't think it's crazy at all. And then you know you could get your draft capital back and you could bring in an offensive coach and you know uh, everyone is happy from there and it's all merry and they win the Super Bowl, right? So I don't, I don't know. Like yep. that's I, I don't want to close the door entirely because it got talked about. But I think that your your highest odds are absolutely correct. And with the retire thing, I think. I think Mike Zimmer retires when he literally can't like see or walk yeah. or breathe anymore. Because what That's else is he going to do? This is what, this is like, this is his life. Like, I mean, it's obviously like, um, you know, a huge deal to every coach, but like, this is Mike Zimmer. We've like talked about this before. Like, what is he going to do outside of this? Like he worked, you know, all these years, 20 plus years as an assistant in other leagues. And, and this too, he finally got a shot. He's not letting that go without a fight. Right, exactly. So uh, before I wrap up here, and uh, if you made it to the end, thank you. And you get this, that right now, until kickoff of the Saints and Vikings on Christmas Day, I have lowered the price for a yearly subscription to Purple Insider for you. If you're just listening all the way at this moment, just for you, for me to say Merry Christmas, to $30 for an entire year. So if you want to go to purpleinsider.substack.com. This is a super secret deal just for you folks who made it all the way to the end. And I appreciate 
all of you um, for supporting me throughout this year. And it's been an incredible thing to see um, of the people getting behind Purple Insider. So I very much appreciate it. And that includes you, Courtney. And I can't thank you enough for all of that. So I appreciate it. I am so proud of how this year turned out. This was a bleep show of a year. (laughs) And to think of where we were in May, um, in the uncertainty of not knowing what was going to happen, you know, with the season, with everything that, you know, transpired after the draft with us. Um, I am very proud to be a very small part of this, but I am so thrilled to see how it's flourished. I'm, I love the book. If you haven't read the book yet, you need to get it. There's an overbought chapter, it's literally been yeah, dedicated. A whole chapter. In a whole chapter <laughs> about my favorite moment in NFL history. So there's a lot, you know, there's so much to be thankful for this year in, in what was a really crappy year for a lot of people, but um, so thrilled that this whole thing worked out, and I love getting to be part of the show. Yeah, very well said, and I apologize again to you for my terrible handwriting in signing your copy of the book. Um, it's not you didn't right. practice your Sammy Sosa. No. People no, call no. it your John Hancock. I call it my Sammy Sosa. <laughs> okay. Well, I am no, uh, for old school Minnesota fans, I'm no uh, Harmon Killebrew, who is famous for his penmanship. That is not me. So anyway, well, thanks again for uh, all of your support, and we'll keep on rolling into 2021, into draft season. Courtney, our draft scout, will absolutely return. So uh, we're going to keep going. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time.